You're listening to Campus Review Radio. Hi, it's Wade Zaglis, Education Editor for Campus Review. More than any other organ, the brain and how it operates is still steeped in a lot of mystery. Many researchers are particularly interested in the brains of individuals with mental health disorders, such as depression, anxiety and schizophrenia. Trying to identify the parts of the brain that are affected by or linked to such conditions. Today, I'm talking to Daniela Espinosa Oyasi, an ANU PhD researcher and lead for a study that was recently published in the Journal of Psychiatry and Neuroscience. In the study of over 10,000 participants, the researchers concluded that depression makes a part of the brain shrink. However, when an individual has both depression and anxiety, their brain volume increases. As one in six Australians currently experience depression, anxiety or both, the study is an important contribution to our ongoing understanding of how to treat, at times, complex and or treatment-resistant conditions. Daniela, the mind is still such a mystery for scientists in so many ways, but do we know why the brains of people with depression shrink and which parts of the brain are they? So, unfortunately, we don't have a definite answer. However, we think that it may be linked to chronic stress because this disrupts the chemistry of the brain and creates a toxic environment that is harmful to brain cells. As brain cells die, the brain shrinks. We found that people who have depression have shrinking in parts of the brain that regulate sleep, appetite and movement, but in particular in an area that regulates memory and learning called the hippocampus. Right. A curious part of your study, however, found that when individuals suffered both depression and anxiety, a particular part of the brain increased in volume, the amygdala, I believe. Can you tell me about its function and whether there is a hypothesis as to whether it gets, as to why it gets larger when individual suffers from both these conditions? Yes, definitely. Um, the amygdala is linked to the expression of emotions, such as fear and anxiety. So we can see the connection to anxiety as a mental illness. The main hypothesis we think is driving the larger size is that anxiety leads to overactivity in the amygdala. This overactivity creates more and more connections between brain cells and more supporting cells are needed to maintain these connections which in turn may result in the larger size. Um, you note that depression is the most debilitating disorder worldwide. Um, if that's the case, why do people still tend to sweep it under the carpet? Do you, do you think society is improving in this respect? Yeah, this is a complex issue and I don't have a single or definite answer. There are many reasons why someone would not talk about mental issues or not seek help. For instance, not having someone to trust, finances, or not knowing how or where to get access to help. But there is also stigma attached to seeking help because we may be under the impression that mental issues are only in our heads. With this research, we show that, in fact, it is also in our brains 
and can have detrimental effects later in life. I think, however, that we are improving. Initiatives like the Argue OK Day and Access to Lifeline, Beyond Blue and other organisations are more prominent and help raise awareness about mental illness. Teachers are more vigilant of their students' mental health and even some employers are taking initiatives, especially now during the pandemic. Our own perceptions of mental health may take longer to shift, where I'm positive that we will become a more accepting society. For decades, medications such as antidepressants and anti-anxiety medications, as well as a host of different therapies, have been used to treat depression and anxiety or both. But if we are really going to improve people's health long-term, how important is it that neurologists keep researching the nature and functions of the brain? Do we need to know more about the, I guess, the biological characteristics of yeah. it? Yeah, I, I believe this is essential. By studying how brain cells work and how they organise into distinct areas for the specialised functions, we can better understand how disease affects the way these cells communicate and how disruptions to function can be linked to symptoms. So with this knowledge, we can develop therapies that are tailored to symptoms of depression and tailored to symptoms of depression and anxiety. Well, Daniela Espinoza-Oyasi from the ANU, thank you so much for speaking with Campus Review. Thank you for having me.